Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Weekside Podcast alongside Jenny Frentis. I'm Connor Orr. Um, thanks again for making our first mailbag episode uh, so much fun uh, last week. I thought we got a lot of really cool messages and interesting notes from everybody. And again, if you'd like to participate in that sometime down the road, um, please leave us a note at weeksidepod at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be a comment, anything you think. Um, you know, this is your platform as much as it is uh our platform. Um, we're going to kind of go back a little bit to a traditional uh, version of the show this week. Um, not to say that life as we know it is going back to normal, but I don't know, Jenny, I had a bagel for the first time since uh, coronavirus started. So maybe, you know, church, we got an email from church that we can start going back to church. Uh, so it seems like, uh, you know, I don't know, at least things are at least trending back that way. So why not do a, a throwback and, uh, and, and bring the Weekside podcast back to its old format? What kind of bagel did you have? So here is really, you know, this is it sort of marks the passage of time, right? Because um, during coronavirus, I got like, like I, I decided to like take the time to super re-examine my diet. And so the move was always everything bagel. That was always the move. Uh, but now today, um, we're recording this on Wednesday, um, it was an eight grain uh, bagel. 
So that's what I went with this morning with turkey bacon and eggs on it. Well, that sounds delicious. We're recording this on Zoom and I just realized that you buried the lead. You're regrowing your beard. <laughs> How have yeah. we not discussed this? You know, it's it was a, uh, uh, the shaving was like just a, a desperation thing. Like it wasn't as planned out um, as, as I thought. I think there, it was two pronged. One, uh, my face got really hot when I was outside and I just had enough of it and I wanted to feel what it was like to just touch my chin again uh, for the first time in five years. And the second part of that was to just emerge from the bathroom one day with a mustache and to, and to make, make my wife cringe. That was really the other part part of the okay. equation. But okay. um, now it's coming back. I feel good about it. Um, I actually kind of like the, this is sort of, we're at the five o'clock shadow kind of stage. Um, I feel pretty good here, but I don't know how to maintain that. Like Brad Pitt just always has that, you know? How does that work? Right, no, I think it looks good. I, I like where it is. I'd say it's a little bit more than a five o'clock shadow. You know, it's it's kind of a... It's a nine o'clock shadow. Yeah, it's a couple steps past that, which I think <laughs> is a good look. Okay, so all right. So we, a, lot of, a lot of things going on here, so... All right, well, let's jump right in uh, to the news topics here. Um, we could talk about my beard forever. Um, and uh, just to mention, for those of you who have been listening on Fridays uh, to the MMQB Roundtable, it's now been two and a half months since editor Mitch has shaved, um, become somewhat of a uh, company sex symbol with that beard. So, you know, just a big uh, a momentous thing uh, going on there with the with the beard. So uh, big ups to Mitch, who is now two and a half months into his uh, beard growing process. Um, but anyway, uh, topic number one, Colin Kaepernick has reportedly remained in shape and is still interested in playing professional football. 40, former 49ers star who has led a team to a Super Bowl uh, has been out of football since 2016. The Associated Press wrote a pretty interesting column this week advocating for Kaepernick to remain out of the NFL and to use this time of heightened awareness and what seems like more of a unilateral harmony between a lot of people. Uh, maybe harmony is not the right word, but unilateral cooperation across the board. Um, to capitalize on the message that he's been advocating for all this time, while others, I think, could uh, make a good argument that returning to a prominent role under center in the NFL would also do that. Um, so I don't know. What do you think is uh, the near future here for Colin Kaepernick? I think he should do whatever he wants to do, Connor. And, you know, I was thinking back, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking back what I said, and I I worried after the fact that maybe it came out the right way, or excuse me, the wrong way, um, we talked about if he even wants to come back, right? And I think that's an important part of that. And by saying that, I didn't mean that he shouldn't go back to the NFL. But does he want to go back? Um, Does he want to, you know, a team to hold him up as some symbol that they've come a long way, right? But if he does want to come back, uh, then he by all means should. And it sounds like he very much does, that he wants to continue his playing career as he has consistently over the past three years. And I think he should obviously have the opportunity to do that. Um, But I think one part of the conversation that's like this additional burden that he carries to have to vet a team to, are they doing it for the right reasons? And I think that was the point I was trying to get at, which maybe I didn't elucidate clearly a couple weeks ago, but it is kind of, it's similar in a way, um, to when black coaches go on a job interview and they have to put extra effort or energy into vetting if this is a real interview or just a Rooney Rule box checker, right? And so I think for him, it's like, 
you'd, you'd have to go that extra step of understanding, like, does the team really support you? You know, is it more than just words? Is it more than just symbolic? And I don't think that's fair for him to have to do. Um, but I, I certainly hope he has the opportunity to play and that it's a situation that he's comfortable in. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he has earned the right to do um, whatever he wants to do. I think that what he did at the time um, and, and place was incredibly brave. Um, and it's proven to be exactly what is on our minds now, four years later. And I think that uh, any sort of, um, uh, foresight in a moment like that where you're the only one doing it or you're one of very few people doing it and you have the entire really weight of the country bearing down on you I mean you know do whatever you want you know I just hope that we can see a point where uh, some of what he's advocated um, actually comes to fruition you know and it seems like there have been some really expedited changes that have already been made in the last few weeks. I think some things that he would certainly um, be happy about, but I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but I, I just hope that we see a, a, a nice ending. And I think if you go back in history, um, there have been all these periods of uh, tumultuous times, and we've then reconsidered um, the athlete um, in a different sense. I hope that Cap it doesn't get to that point, right, where um, we don't waste our time uh, like we did with Muhammad Ali or maybe Tommy Smith or any of these guys where we, uh, as a country, sort of vilified them for what they believed in uh, instead of... Uh, getting to work on what they were talking about. You know what I mean? And and to allow them to still see that uh, change while they can play and, and perform. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just hope that we don't waste um, any more time. I think that the four years that we wasted already um, when he uh, first started raising this message and all the people who started raising that message before him for years and years and years, I think we've wasted enough time. So hopefully, you know, here's to change and, and, and whatever he wants to do, you know? Yeah, and we certainly heard a lot of players come out and indicate Adrian Peterson said that he felt there would be a lot of NFL players kneeling this fall, and I think there has been a lot of progress in the last couple of weeks to kind of shift that stigma that uh, strangely existed. But, you know, it's I think what Kaepernick has done the last few years and as – in the years ahead will continue to be exhausting for him. It's obviously taken a toll on his career. Um, but you also have to think about, you know, just being out there and like being in a situation where you're trying to stand up for something you believe in. And that requires some level of antagonism is the wrong word. But if you're pushing back against power structures that have been in place for hundreds of years, uh, being a disruptor is really tiring and he's taken a, a big toll over the last few years. And it, it would be nice to see him just be able to play football again and like yeah. have fun at the sport that he's good at and like talk about Kaepernick also as a football player. And also this like kind of, you know, I don't know this lighter part of his life too, that he's also very good at, you know, to have him see, ha have the chance to do that again, I think would be really uh, enjoyable for for him and a lot of people I'm sure that are around him yeah definitely um, it, it'll be interesting I mean you know I think that's something that people don't often 
think about. I mean, whatever you do in your free time um, that makes you happy, that you associate yourself with, say you coach your kids' little league team, say you, I don't know, you run track or you run cross country or you play in a rec basketball league. I mean, you know, we all have something that sort of takes um, that edge off of life and that reminds us that we're here to have, uh, you know, a good time and to and to be with one another. And I think that, you know, imagine not being able to do that for four years. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and just because you believe that everyone should be treated fairly. I mean, just think about that in, in a broader sense and put that on yourself. Um, so here's to hoping that whatever it is. I mean, you know, I think we shouldn't be writing columns about what he should or shouldn't be doing because I, only he knows that the answer to that right now, you know, but I hope that uh, whatever it is, it leaves the entire country with a better taste in its mouth, I think, than we went into this with because it was, this has been a bad four years and they've we've wasted an awful lot of time for somebody who's just saying we want to be treated the same as everybody else. Yeah, and I remember on a related note to that, what we're just talking about, I remember writing about Megan Rapino when after she took a knee to support Kaepernick, you know, she endured a lot of backlash too, and she got to continue her soccer career, right? Mm-hmm. She's like very open about that, and she feels guilt about the fact that she kept being allowed to play, or, or guilt is probably the right word. She was very aware of the white privilege that allowed her to keep playing, but her pink hair last summer was a reflection of like, I just want to, I'm out here playing soccer and I want to have fun. And there's this lighter side too. And so I think it would, and we celebrated her for that. And I think it would be wonderful to have the chance to celebrate Kaepernick in a, in a similar way. Uh, I don't think he's going to go for pink hair, but you know, maybe he would or something. (laughs) Just the idea that, you know, you could be doing something that just expressing joy in a different way, right. After a, a long period of time. So totally. All right, topic number two. According to our own Albert Breer, Bill Belichick brought in Rasan Hall, director of the racial justice program at the ACLU of Massachusetts this week to speak to his players. Belichick also complimented Devin McCourty on his social justice work and in a statement to ESPN added, I look forward to increasing my role in this process. Four years ago, Don- Belichick wrote Donald Trump an encouraging letter which Trump read aloud on the campaign trail at a pivotal New England area campaign stop. One former player recently told Tom Curran, he told the players not to get into the election or debate with the media because it would become a distraction. One former Patriot told me this week, this is Tom Curran. So we listened, but when he endorsed Trump, a lot of people were upset. He tried to say he didn't endorse him and that he was just writing a friend a letter, but we all knew what that letter meant. Is it fair to wonder where Belichick's mind is at now? I have read both sides of this. Uh, WEEI came down and kind of wrote a counter to Tom Curran's column, which that was the crux of it, is that we deserve to know where Belichick's head is at on this by saying that Belichick doesn't know anybody um, to explain his politics. Um, But I think that if you're a Patriots player, you're certainly wondering. You know, I mean, you're definitely curious. Um, Throughout this entire thing, you know, Tom Brady certainly got a majority of the pressure from the hat in the locker and, you know, all that stuff um, related to his support of the president. Um, And, you know, he would go on saying, oh, he's just a friend. He's just a friend. But, you know, Belichick wrote him a letter. I mean, this was and, and really 
the the crux of the letter was about how you know biased the media was towards Trump and uh, you know which I, I think I would hope that a lot of people see over four years has borne out not to be true. I mean I think we we kind of knew what he was going into this, but um, you know I, I don't know. I mean I think that he deserves uh, you know that players deserve a little bit of clarity on this. I mean if not you're just leaving that ambiguity um, hanging out there, and I don't know how healthy that is. I mean you know maybe he and there's a good chance that he just doesn't care and he won't address it too. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things that we are seeing right now is there's been even greater pushback at the idea that issues of social injustice, racial injustice are in any way political. I think right. that has been, I hope, a shift in the conversation that these are human rights issues. They're not politics. And so I think brushing aside your support for the president as political um, or saying, let's not talk about politics, right? Uh, hopefully that's in the past because it's a lot more than political. It has ramifications on social injustices and on human rights. And so that's where this conversation is interesting because we are in an election year, but people are putting the emphasis where it should be and saying these issues are, it's not just about an election. An election has an impact on human rights issues right so if you're if you're telling your players not to talk about the election you're essentially telling them not to talk about human rights and right. so it'll be interesting to see how things go when teams are back in locker rooms and also we're seeing a lot of teams try to address these big questions and issues right now but what happens when the season starts when most of these coaches have made a career or have lived in this NFL bubble of where you tell players to block out things. And here you have players saying, we can't block out things like this is our life. So I'm, I think this is a, a fascinating kind of microcosm into what's going to go around the league in terms of how engaged coaches are allowing, I guess is the wrong word because they're adults, they can do whatever they want. But is there a mandate from coaches to, you know, n not be involved or not talk about it as as this former player seemed to indicate to Tom Curran had happened in the past? Yeah, my thing with the uh, whole deal about well, he's he's just a friend and I was writing him a letter uh, that I didn't expect to be read out loud. If you're really friends with him, you would know that the first thing he would want to do when he got that letter was read it out loud to a large group of people. If you were right. really that, if you're really that good of friends with him, uh, enough close enough to write him a letter of just vague hello, how are you doing? Support, you would 100% know that he wanted to read that out loud to to a crowd. I mean, you know, I I would hope that that would be one of the takeaways that you would have from him. And if the opposite is true, if that is a legitimate letter of adoration, support, whatever it is, I think you owe your players um, an explanation. Say, either I was wrong, or this is why I support this guy. And if, you know, you don't like it, you don't have to play for me anymore, whatever it is. I mean, you know, but I think that ambiguity in any sense isn't going to fly anymore. And, you know, people can say, I want to keep the politics out of work and sports and all that stuff. But the line's been crossed habitually so many times. I mean, the president has entered every foray of our lives. He's entered work. He's entered sports. He's entered school. He's entered church. And so you can't keep politics out of any of it now because it's all political. And so, you know, too bad. And I think that this is the, the reality that we're living in right now. And we're in a different spot, too, because we've seen teams and owners be scared of Trump in the past, you know, be scared of, you know, 
angering him with an anthem policy or whatever. Now we're at a point where your actions could directly affect whether or not he continues to be in office. So it's right. just a very different point. Um, and I, uh, I just think the next few months are going to be really interesting. And I think we're going to see a lot of characters revealed um, as we see teams and coaches trying to handle this. As, as a good friend um, from a previous employment stop, Dan Hansis used to call it the re- La Reveal Magnifico on everybody. <laughs> so we will see right. that the grand reveal of all per- personalities. We will see uh, We will see what that's like. Um, all right, so topic number three. Uh, coaches are returning to facilities this week, and I saw a video this morning of Zach Taylor being screened for symptoms on his way into the Bengals facility, and he got his temperature taken with one of those neat uh, ther- thermometers that you – beep at the forehead um the so that infrared was cool. scanners is infrared that is? scanners yeah. yeah um anthony lynn also uh looking stylish by the way wheeling his belongings back into the facility um while wearing a mask um by the way uh th- there was there was no one around like anthony lynn's got to pack everything on a on like a home depot cart and move it all into the facility himself like there's no uh you know Come on, Chargers. You know, you can't have somebody out there and meet him and help him with the car, you know? Social distancing, Connor. <laughs> oh, true, true. Very fair. That, yeah, I, t- I retract that. Good job, Chargers. Um, is it only a matter of time before we are all back to normal, or is this whole thing, I mean, whatever we saw this morning, these little glimpses of it, um, a signal that the normal that we once kind of knew in the NFL is just never coming back? Yeah. And that's what I feel like we're all facing right now, Connor. And I think that's something that I think about a lot. I, I went to this uh, vigil at Carl Schurz Park on the Upper East Side on Monday night. Um, it's a Black Lives Matter vigil and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And, you know, it ended up being a little march around the block. There was another group coming up. But there was a, one of the speakers said there's this big risk that when everyone goes back to their normal lives and their normal routines. We retreat to this place where we don't talk about racism anymore and until there's another George Floyd or another Breonna Taylor. And, uh, you know, that that's something that leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement are scared of, right? And so I think we're at this interesting point like where we were in this coronavirus bubble and in a sense it gave us the time and space, maybe people who wouldn't have normally like reflected on the issues going on in our country um, to really you know, pay attention and listen and learn and maybe show support in ways that they wouldn't have, which I know is a little bit tangential, but just what we were, you said at the top of the question to, um, you know, going back to normal, like, I feel like this is what we're all facing right now. Like, what do we go back to? Uh, are, what are our routines? And should they even be the same? Yeah, it's it's going to be so interesting. I mean, you know, I'm just thinking as a reporter about, you know, when I go to a training camp practice, if there is a training camp practice, you know, um, you know, am I going to be hopefully subjected to the same screening that all these other people are? You know, will we get our infrared temperature scan? Will they care about the fact that, um, you know, I, I remember being a beat writer in training camp and you're trying to hunker down for that good spot in front of the drill where everybody lands and you want to get the, the picture and the video and all that kind of stuff. But that's it. We're not going to be able to do that anymore. You know, I mean, we're going to have to be apart from one another. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about all that kind of stuff. I wonder what what this is all going to be like. But it was sort of surreal to see videos of coaches kind of walking back in and 
just getting back to work, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think that's a question too for like, how does access shift? Because if we go to a place where like, okay, maybe there's a pool reporter at practice um, during training camp, right? Maybe there's one or two pool reporters a day, similar to like the White House press pool or something, right? They're in charge of taking account for what happens that day and filing a pool report. And then maybe there's like a Zoom conference call afterward. And then our locker rooms open. You know, I, we saw some of the social distancing guidelines being put out by the league this week that like lockers need to be six feet apart. And like, so I think a lot of us are trying to wrap our heads around how does this work? And then I think if we settle into this routine for these other media protocols, then do you all of a sudden lose that access that's existed for decades, right? So like, do teams say, well, we did it this way and it's fine. And I think a fight for access has been a big thing in the NFL for the last several years. That's been one of the big shifts is that teams are shifting their access more to their own team websites and away from independent media. So if we go to this routine of where access is limited, do teams try to make that a permanent thing? I was, this is sort of like going off uh, the rails a little bit into uh, like inside baseball journalism discussion. But I always, I had an interesting uh, discussion with a few people about this the other day. And like, you know, imagine if everything kind of goes that way where, um, you know, our access to players um, is less on the individual uh, level where we can talk to them in the locker room and not in a big group setting, you know, all that kind of stuff. And everything is just corralled and held in by the team. I think it, historically, if you look across the NFL, the teams with the most, I'm going to try to find the best way to put this, the teams with the most negativity or constant negativity surrounding them are usually the teams that try to make that a habit long term. Because mm -hmm. if you remove the players from the equation and disallow them from speaking for themselves uh, and instead kind of just towing the company line in this thing, I think you build up frustration with them. Uh, I think you build up frustration with the media. And, you know, everybody has a job to do. They have to report on the team. They have to look at, into what's going on. And if... if if you don't provide that access to the players, people are going to go anywhere they can. I mean, you know, and, and, and not to say to go to great lengths to make up a story. I'm not saying that. I'm saying go to great lengths to do their jobs, you know, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see where the landing spot is there. You know, I think mm -hmm. that we could, as fans, just from a fan's perspective, I think the way that we digest football could be 100% different three or four years from now. Yeah, yeah. It will. It's it's going to be interesting to see th what things reset permanently and what things go back to the way they were before the pandemic. So definitely a lot of uh, the next few months are going to be interesting for that as well, just to kind of see what kind of routine we settle into. Speaking of big reveals, I think we're going to find out a lot about the PR directors around the league. You know who oh. really feels what. You know, I don't right, know. Just, right. Just saying. Keep your eyes get, out. Yeah, or and I could get boxed out big time. Mm -hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe just me. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. 
Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. All right, topic four. In some rare transactional football news, Jadavian Clowney remains unsigned, but not for lack of effort across the NFL. In absence of team medical testing capabilities, it seems his best options are high-end one-year deals. Is it possible one team will break down the closer we get to the regular season to sign him? I think so, right? I mean, I mean, he's definitely playing, you know, this year, but... Um, I, I think he's been smart about this. I think that he's waiting. You know, he's the only really big time free agent left on the market that could command a deal like that. That's in his prime. Uh, everybody said, "Well, teams have already spent all their cap space." I don't think that's true. I think that there's plenty of teams with um, enough money in the bank to fit him in on like a two or three year deal. So I don't know. I think that the future is brighter for him than uh, than as advertised right now. Teams never have spent all of their cap space. There's always nope. another way. Like, I mean, the Dolphins signed Jay Cutler to a $10 million deal in training camp. What was that? Uh, two, three years ago? Two years yeah. ago? I'm losing track of time. Um, so, yes, there's always space. I guess the interesting question will be, does does his asking price drop? Or does what teams are offering come up? Do they meet in the middle? Like, what gives here, right? D- does he say, I'm not going to get what I was asking for, so I'll drop down? Do some teams who've been offering X dollars decide to offer a little bit more? Maybe they meet in the middle. Maybe he goes back to Seattle. 
I think a lot of he would be a good fit in a lot of teams. I'm working on uh, something that I think is going to go up this week on um, each team's biggest weak spots, you know, in the NFL. And, you know, there's still a lot of pass rush weakness across the league. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at teams, especially, you know, someone like Detroit or Miami or Cleveland who need to have a good year this year, who don't have a choice, you know, but to have a good year this year. Um, and I don't know. I think somebody breaks down and gives him whatever he wants because, uh, you know, desperation is, you know, I mean, that's that's what happens you know once you get your team actually in front of you and you look around and say holy smokes this isn't going to work what's the first thing you're going to do is look to upgrade at the position mm-hmm. yeah everyone's always in need of pass rush if Never not you're going to look like a clown yeah. oh wow Were sorry you, did you you didn't put that one in the script was that just spontaneous yeah and i'm like you know <laughs> you know when you really you immediately feel it and you're like not a good idea um, yeah, that's all right okay moving on to topic five yeah then. i think that's the best thing to do i think that's the best thing to do um a big investigative drop from pro football talk on wednesday that ben roethlisberger will begin the process of unblocking everyone from his twitter account which based on current calculations may or may not take longer than an election recount while roethlisberger reportedly does not manage the day-to-day operations of a social media channel whomever does has become legendary at swatting away all the haters in quotes Full disclosure, Jenny and I are among those who have been blocked and, as of uh, before the showtime started, still blocked by uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Are you excited to get the full Ben Roethlisberger social media experience again, Jenny? Well, I don't believe I followed him before I was blocked, (laughs) so I don't think I really noticed that I was blocked until people pointed out everyone's been blocked and then I checked I think for me it was the Le'Veon Bell story that we did where Mm -hmm. he kind of called out Ben for not relating to his teammates and um, kind of thinking he was on a different level Um, that was when I got hit with the block do you know your approximate time Connor no but all of a sudden like in like the middle of the summer last year I just started getting lumped into all these like Twitter threads uh, of like rabid Roethlisberger support and I was like what's going on here um I I didn't write anything about him um you know I'm not shy about how I felt about him in the moment but like it's not like there was anything like flagrant or anything like that I mean okay blocked by mistake no I mean I I certainly uh you know I certainly wrote my fair share of times that I think that he deserved a share of the blame. I mean, you know, he was never really uh, criticized for what, what had been falling apart in Pittsburgh. Obviously what we know about Antonio Brown now has changed the calculus there a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'll follow. Um, I don't think I will follow. Um, but, just, uh, you know, another another weight lifted off my shoulders, I think. You know, just, uh, you know, I don't like being blocked by anybody, you know? Okay, right. I got it. I got it. I'm one of those people who, uh, you know, when someone doesn't like me, it bothers me. You know what I mean? And sure. you need to know why. Even though the, everyone would have a perfectly good reason for not liking me, you know? Well, that's not true. Well, we, it was once said that you have a punchable face. <laughs> I don't have ha- to agree with that. Has that changed to bring it back to the top of the show. Right, okay. In the absence of a beard, I think we're going to have to go back to the source of that, who is, uh, oh, shit, it's Mike Garofolo. So this is now no longer a Mike Garofolo-free pod, but oh, man. NFL Network's Mike Garofolo, who first pointed out that I had a, I had a punchable face. So was the, Did you have a punchable face pre-beard, though? 
I think, I mean, yeah, I would definitely yeah, say so. Yeah, okay. So maybe maybe the beard softens it a little bit. Maybe the beard made me less punchable. Yeah, I think that might be true. I never thought you had a punchable face overall, but <laughs> I think with the beard, probably even less so. But we will make sure to keep listeners updated on our status because I am curious how long the unblocking will take because you said you think he has to go one by one. I think you do. Um, right, okay. Uh, I looked maybe like a couple of years ago and I was up in the two to three hundreds of people that I had blocked. Um, and I don't think you can just open the gate, you know, and then they all run back out. I don't think that's how that works. Okay. So, and half of them were counts that don't even exist anymore. Like Tom one, two, three, nine, four, one, six, seven, five, four. And like his Twitter avatar is like an Eagle, you know, and then he's, he's on there for two days. Um, and then he's not on there anymore, you know, so. Sure, right, okay. Well, we'll have to keep tabs on this because I am curious about how long this process will take. It seems like a pretty long project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, Ben. Uh, hopefully everything works out. Um, Oracle time. Uh, I So I mentioned before that I'm kind of doing this thing where you look over every roster and you talk about teams' uh, biggest weak spots. Um, and I have a kind of a spicy prediction um upcoming uh for this season assuming that everything starts on time and then assuming that everything goes back to normal i think four weeks into the 2020 nfl season if it starts on time we are going to be talking about the playoff bound dolphins and we are going to be mentioning ryan fitzpatrick in the mvp conversation four weeks in four weeks in I don't think it will remain that way, but I think four weeks into the season, we are going to be talking about Dolphins team that might be in first place and uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick being in the MVP talk. Okay, interesting. Now, the first four weeks of their schedule, how's that looking? Okay, let's let's pull it up. That's let's good. Pull That's, it up. Yeah, I should have probably looked at that before. That's okay. You know. No, I mean, you're, you're, you're banking on some early season Fitz magic, which is, you know... Never a bad thing to bet on. True. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, Patriots to start. Uh, tough one, but Jared Stidham, you don't right. know. Brand new. Mm-hmm. Bills next. Again, I think a toss-up at this point. Jaguars and then Seahawks. I could see them going 3-1 and one in that stretch. Okay, okay. All right. Jaguars is a definite win. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you Connors. just hate the Jaguars. It's fine. No, you I hate just, the Jaguars. I'm, not, I'm just perpetually low on the jaguars i know i'm sorry i guess it's like a some kind of i need to work on this i need to be a little bit more open-minded but uh, yeah i'm perpetually low on the jaguars you gotta let you you gotta let gardner Minshew into your heart you gotta let him in um yeah that's true there's some excitement there i'll I'll, I'll agree with that yeah um all right what do we have for our uh ventus consensus first one in a long time so i'm looking forward to this well you know, I mentioned earlier I went to this vigil and then a little march on the Upper East Side. And, you know, I think it was really there's so much going on in the world right now that is depressing and demoralizing in terms of like how much more work we have to do for equality and for there to be racial justice in America. And at times, like the work that needs to be done to make our society more equitable and more inclusive and, you not be racist feels like it just feels overwhelming at times and I can only imagine how black people feel in America right now but it was it was very uplifting like I don't know that I 
expected that feeling, I guess, of up being uplifted because it's such a heavy subject matter, right? And, you know, you sit in the park and you raise your, they had everyone raise their fists for um, the exact length of time that George Floyd was fighting for his life. And you realize, like, I can't even hold my fist up for that long, right? Um, wow. And so there were lots of, like, heavy moments. But I left feeling very uplifted by this, like, sense of community and people marching together and raising signs. And then this, you know, the nature of the Black Lives Matter movement is it's there's no one central leader, right? So it's all these ad hoc organizations kind of coming together so there was this march that had been coming up from washington square park like hours earlier and then someone announced they're a few blocks away like let's go meet them so it was just this like really reaffirming sense of like community and people coming together and you know i think where we live connor a lot of times you know new york city like it's definitely you it's a very progressive bubble and i think sometimes you you know forget about uh I don't know. It's a different viewpoint, I guess, living here. But it was just being part of that in the middle of the street and feeling the energy was, um, I don't know. It just gave me something that kind of carried forward and a little bit of hope that maybe we are headed in the right direction. So I guess I would just say, like, I would encourage people if there's some kind of gathering in your area, you know, there's a lot of socially distanced, like, vigils or um just gatherings memorial types doesn't have to be a march it could be a march there's a lot of different things going on and if that doesn't work for you as well i mean there's other ways to feel connected but i don't know i just wanted to share that that was affirming for me and i think um yeah it was it was a a takeaway that i'll carry forward so and i think it's just incredible that time after time uh you know a community that deals with so much still responds with messages of peace and togetherness and uplifting. Um, whereas, you know, people who have not had it, uh, uh, one iota is difficult or so quick to respond with anger, you know, and, and frustration. And I don't know, I think that hit home for me, you know, just not only hearing your story, but, you know, seeing similar marches on the news and everything that's been taking place. It's like the, the resilience is incredible, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that we can all uh, take something from there and, and think about and reflect on. Yeah. I think that's really good because it's, yeah, for you, like for me to just say, wow, it feels overwhelming. That's just like, well, I'm not even, I, you know, I, I don't even experience this on any kind of level that other people do. And I can only imagine how overwhelming it feels for black people in America right now. So I think you're right, Connor. I think that resilience it's, you know, it's amazing that the people who didn't create this issue that are being oppressed by this issue are the ones that are sharing resilience with the rest of us. Um, And I think that's pretty remarkable. So no doubt. Well, thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Things went better today. We didn't have to re-record that we know of. (laughs) Of course, I could be jinxing things. Um, But as always, this is one of our favorite parts of the week. So thank you for joining us all. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Rentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Moravik is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. 
It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 